Hey everyone, welcome to Buzzing About Romance podcast. I am Becky. I am Leah. And we are super excited for this episode. Leah is like having major fangirl moments over there. I I am. I really, really am. (laughs) You've been looking forward to this like since I booked it. I asked. No, since she said yes. Like when, like when we got that yes email, like I definitely like danced a little bit. (laughs) No joke. There was excitement and happiness in, in PA. On this um, episode, we are super excited to welcome author Susan Stoker. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, you guys. This is awesome. (laughs) We are super excited to have you. Leah, I was trying to figure out how many quick shots have we done for Susan? Two? I think just two. Just two. But I mean, she has a very, very wide (laughs) basket. And there's several of our um, community members Mm -hmm. that are huge, huge Susan Stoker fans so your name often is like hey why can't we review this one we can let's just do it (laughs) i love that um okay leah read us susan's bio okay new york times usa today and wall street journal best-selling author susan stoker has a heart as big as the state of tennessee where she lives but this all-american girl has also spent the last 14 years living in missouri california colorado indiana in Tennessee. She's married to a retired army man who now gets to follow her around the country. I think that's so great. Now he get does he carry mm-hmm. the books to all the signings and all the fun stuff? <laughs> no, you know, interestingly enough, he doesn't go to signings. He went to one because it was our anniversary and I felt bad. So I was like, well, come, we'll make it a thing. He he carried like, he helped me carry my stuff down to the room. He took like one look around at all the naked naked men, like the posters and the banners. And uh-huh. that was it. He was done. He went back up like to I'm the, out. the entire time. And I was like, okay, you're done coming to these things. <laughs> oh yeah, he, the poor guy. He, he now stays home and dog sits when I go to events so yeah he is your mailman though he takes care of all the packages <laughs> he does every time every whenever I have orders he's the one who uh, goes to the post office and drops them off so yeah <laughs> that's awesome that is so awesome um well like I said in the intro we are super excited to have you joining us our community are huge romantic suspense fans and um we were preparing for January earlier this month. We did an episode where Leah and two of our podcast contributors went head to head and drafted their own military force of book boyfriends. <laughs> and I believe like four or five of the guys that were drafted out of the 30 were Susan Stoker guy. <laughs> no, I think we no, I think we went narrowed it down to just two because just we two? had to show some love to other people. But it's very hard <laughs> to decide which ones to pick. But I think you had one on your team, didn't you, Leah? No, I don't think I did because oh. since Heather does not read a ton of suspense, I I, I gave her a mulligan and didn't take a Susan. <laughs> from, so. You're such a good person. Um, okay, so let's take a minute to get to know Miss Susan Stoker. Um, so one of the questions we like to ask is, do you have a type of book that is a comfort read for you? Oh. I mean, I've always read romance and all I ever read is romance. Like, you know, some, some authors are like, oh, I'm reading this nonfiction or I like mm-hmm. to cleanse my palate and read this women's <laughs> fiction. And I'm like, nope, it's romance me all the way. Um, tonight, I, I actually reread a lot um, because I, f- I find comfort in knowing what happens and knowing the story. And I can skim the parts that I remember that, you know, I don't need to read that part. I want to get to the good parts. And I don't mean just mm-hmm. the sex, but, you know, I want to get to the good parts. Um, I've been currently rereading Zoe Draven's um, Horde 
series and um it's so it's so good they're like vikings um but they're on it they're aliens but they're super humanoid so they don't have like weird horns and and oh so is it like anna hackett-esque have you read anna hackett it it is a little bit um if you've read Kristen ashley's um golden what what is the um golden something it's it's a lot like that so they're called hordes and and of course these human women are on the planet and the leader of the hordes um claim these women as theirs and so they have to fit into the horde and they have to kind of learn the language and um it's just really good And, and i looked up yesterday I was like, when is the next one in the series coming out? Zoe Draven, come on, if you're out there, <laughs> come on, Zoe, I'm dying. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, this the last one in the series came out in June. So um, yeah, so I'm I'm anxious, anxious, anxiously awaiting the next one in that series. So yeah, Sounds- I'm- I'm a big rereader for sure. So Leah like it's is right like up my alley. Leah's like, no, I'm writing things down. <laughs> it, it is. Is Zoe Draven? It's her horde series right now. There's only four books, but they're all they're they're so good. The second's my favorite. The first okay. one's my next favorite. The fourth one's my next, and then the third one. So okay, okay. Leah will be <laughs> reading all... those this week. Um, I so, will be. So you are a romance reader, but have you always been a romance reader? I have. Um, I used to go to the library when I was 12, 13 and just get stacks and stacks. And I read a lot of Regency. I I don't know why, but I was reading a lot of Regency back then. And like, I picked up a Regency like four years ago and my mouth was on the floor because they are not like the Regencies I read, you know, like the ones today they're having sex in the gardens where the ones I read, you know, they look at each other too long and they're married. So yeah, they were, they're very different nowadays than back then. But yeah, I would just read stacks and stacks and go back and I would start with A and I would literally just look at every single one in the back and um, see if I liked this was interested and yeah I just go through the stacks and collect them and read them so yeah Regency is very different I did a reread recently of a Jude Devereaux and she was fairly sexy for the 70s 80s and 90s in her books but they're not the same as the Regency that is out there today I I was like what they're having sex in in Vauxhall Gardens I can't say that I'm sure I slaughtered the name of that but I'm like oh my gosh wait a minute (laughs) so yeah they're very different very different um so what kind of writer are you? Are you, and part of this has to do, this question has to do a with, good because one. you're no, so I'm prolific. Well, you're so prolific. No, like, but your writing process, do you plan everything out or are you a pantser and just, just go with the flow? No, I, I'm a pantser. So, um, I, I, I'm surprised by that. Okay. You publish I, eight to 10 books a year and you're a pantser. I, I am. So what I do when I start a series I write down all the names. I know there's going to be seven books. So I write down, okay. I figure out the names of the guys. I figure out the names of the girls. I figure out their nicknames. Um, I figure out their ages. Um, and then I get the covers done so I can make, you know, then I figure out the color of their hair and the color of their eyes. So I've got that, but I don't know the stories. Um, so when I start writing a book, I know how they meet and I know what the drama is. So I can write to the drama because in, in suspense, you have to set it up. You, you can't mm-hmm. just have this happy-go-lucky book and then 85% now all of a sudden there's a kidnapper. Like you gotta have his POV in there. You gotta you gotta kind of know what what's going on. So you set up the stalker or you set up the whatever it is. Um, but if I don't know what the drama is, what kind of kidnapping, because everyone who reads my books know I'm a huge fan of kidnapping, you but uh, who's gonna be the kidnapper? Or who's gonna be the bad guy? It's, it's harder for 
for me to get there, to, to write to that drama. Um, and then, yeah, most of the time, I don't know what book six and book seven, I, book two, you know, I don't know what their story is. Um, sometimes it, it comes to me as I'm writing and I'll be like, ooh, like the story I always tell is when in the legacy series, book three, the heroine goes to Timor-Leste to visit a Peace Corps friend. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until halfway through that book where my brain said, hey, that Peace Corps friend, what if she's the heroine in one of these books? So I actually went back to the beginning where she was in there and I changed her name because her name was like random, Sarah, Beth, whatever it was. And so I was like, oh, I'll make her Kaylee. That'll be perfect. But I didn't think of that ahead of time. And so so from book three, I kind of knew what her story was. But before that, I had no idea. So in, in that way, it, it's a panster kind of thing. I guess you could call that sort of plotting, but but I don't sit and write out chapters and have it all figured out. So, well, cause I wondered how like that would work because like Sierra's book, which just came out, like you meet her in book one of the Delta team two series. I think it was book, book two, but yeah, book so two? that one I was but like, okay. way, like you meet her in like one or two and she is book eight. Yeah. So, I mean, she was kind of the same way. I was like, oh, what if they're going through the, the chow line and one of these guys likes, like, the girl that's mm-hmm. behind the chow line but then it was like all right well what am i going to do with her like she's over here in afghanistan and they're you know deltas running around the world doing their thing so how can i make that work and so then of course i kidnapped her because that's well, what i, I do why so, not that's <laughs> what i do so yeah i like a good kidnapping <laughs> I, you know i like a good kidnapping because the woman can be totally out of her element and scared to death and and freaking out but yet still not crying in a corner she can still be strong she can still be helping in her own rescue she can still do all of that but she still needs help which which i which is what i like about what i write is is that you know the guys and people say oh damsel in distress ugh. but but the girls are always helping themselves none of them Mm -hmm. are crying in a corner so no and i like ocean rescues for the same reason and jungle rescues for the same reason because again the woman can be out of her elements and yet she's helping in some way Mm -hmm. fiona casey all all of those the jungles so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you are really far ahead in your publishing schedule like you have well everybody knows it don't tell anybody this is between us right okay (laughs) just between friends the circle of trust but so you have pre-orders like a couple years in advance like how do you stay so far ahead of like where you're at and like where you're gonna be um yeah, so I have pre-orders out a year ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, my readers are used to pre-orders. I've trained them, most of them. Um, and so, and I've never once had to push a pre-order back. So, knock on wood, uh, knock on wood. Yeah, well, they're, <laughs> like Elias says, the books are done. So the first drafts, they're done. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got ahead and I don't know how I got ahead, but I got ahead. And so it just feels right to me to be ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, some people need that deadline to be able to get the book done. Me, it stresses me out. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I have a book due in May to my editor and I haven't started it. Oh, I got to get it done. I got to get it started. <laughs> yeah. So th- those kind of deadlines freak me out. So a lot of the books are done. Um, they're just waiting for the time on my mm-hmm. editor's schedule to, um, to be. To so they're just sitting on your computer waiting for everybody else. Yeah. 
pretty much. I have a folder that in, in a Dropbox and my editor and I share, it's called In Case I Die. <laughs> so I've got all the rough draft. So all of my fans, don't worry. If something happened, there's at least like six or seven books that are done that are waiting. So there's waiting to be Best thing ever. It's the folder's <laughs> called In Case I Die. I know my editor hates it. She's like, Susan, would you please rename that? I'm like, no, because that's what it is. You don't even have to look at it. I will take care of that folder. Just know that if something happens, you still have to edit my books. You still have to edit them. I don't know who's going to fix them, but you still have to, you have to edit them. You fix them. You, we worked together for like 65 books now. I'm like, you know how I, how I'm going to fix it. He's used to you then. Yeah. I'm like, so if that happens, just go through and edit and fix it as you go. No comments on the side, but yeah. Anyway. So I do, I do write ahead and I enjoy writing ahead. It lets me get the audio out at the same time. Mm -hmm. It lets me get the foreign out at the same time because those of course take a while to do. So, um, oh yeah, yeah I didn't even think about that. So foreign, you're probably able to release in several languages then on the exact date of your English release then. Yes. So I've started doing that French, German, and Italian. Um, I started last year with a couple books and the two new series I have coming out this year, I'm doing the same thing. So when it comes out in English, it will come out in those other three languages at the same time. So excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Leah. <you're> like. <laughs> No, well, and, I didn't and know if you I wanted say... to ask a question, Becky. No. I mean, I'll just steamroll right through. Go steam, steam away, Leah. This interview is my it's love language to you. <laughs> and can I, can I butt in and say, yes. people always ask me, what is, what is your favorite book? And I've always, you know, I don't have a favorite book. I like them all, you know. Um, you totally have a favorite, don't you? I, my favorite is Baker. Finding we, Jodell. But we don't have Baker yet. I know this, but it's like Baker is one of those characters that people want. Like I, as soon know, as we met Baker, like <laughs> the questions, like, is Baker getting a book? Like and I knew incessantly. I knew that would happen. He has like one sentence in book one in my Hawaii mm -hmm. seal series. And um, I just knew because he's this hot older seal in his fifties. He's Silver retired. Box. Oh. Yeah. And um, so his book is my favorite, but yeah, that one doesn't come out for a while. So no. I do like a silver fox. Oh, he's, mm. he's, he's, mm. is he a dirty yeah. talker? Can you tell us that much? He's not really a dirty talker, but he's super. Dominant. He's going to be an intense guy. Dominant. Yeah. Intense, dominant, not like sexual dominant, no. but like owns the room. Yeah. Like like people for he example, walks into a room and people take notice yeah for example she makes sandwiches for the high schoolers who surf before school so she she says i made you this special sandwich and so he takes a bite and he's like oh my god this is the best thing i've ever eaten and he holds it out to her she's like no i'm not hungry and and he just like stands there holding it to her so, <laughs> so she, she finally like sandwich. grabs his wrist and takes a bite and then he takes a bite and then she takes a bite. So, and then he says, there will never be a time where I'm eating and you are not. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what I mean by like the intense, the, the dominant, the he's, he, once he just, once he's in, he's in a hundred percent. So yeah, he's, I, I, Becky, I, we're getting so many little snippets into I the know. future. <laughs> and Every i'm just hoping my editors and hate that book because if she hates it and it's one of my favorite i'm going to be so sad I, she I won't hate it she can't them. hate it 
She can't yeah, hate it because Leah already loves it. <laughs> She's like, like, like no matter out. what, if she hates the whole book, like that part has to stay because oh. you have voiced it out. Loud. Right, I know. <laughs> so, book four comes out in May, mm-hmm. and and his book is book seven. So, yeah. oh. we have a long way to go. You have here. a while, Leah. I do. I hold, really, really do. Hold on, sister. Hold on. <clears throat> Okay, so you like to stagger your series for release, which I love. I think that's wonderful. But do you finish an entire series like at once or do you write them in the order they come out? Um, I used to... I used to write because of when they're due editing-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I couldn't finish a series before I had to, you know, I had to go write a different one. But I've caught up enough um, that I can, I'm almost there. So mm-hmm. I did have to write the last book in the search and rescue series. Okay. No, I had to write the first book in the refuge series, which comes out in August before I mm-hmm. finished the last book in the search and rescue, because it was due in January. And I was like, Oh crap, I I'm, I'm cutting this close. You know, it's November. And January, I'm like, oh. 2022 people, not like January of next year. Yeah. So anyway, um, so now I am writing a <coughs> series. Mm-hmm. And so I'm only on book two, which comes out next year. But um, I, my intention is to write all seven of those before I start on the Night Stalker series. Wait, that's, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. So people have been asking me, Night Stalkers are the army helicopter pilots mm-hmm. who are amazing. And when so, do we meet that team? Can I ask that question? Um, there's a glimpse of them and in the last book in the search and rescue series. Okay. Because but, that is something we always meet the new team. Correct. In like the, the, like one of the other series. Yeah. So like so, everybody's mixed together. And so the way you release, like so the way you release is you get one whole series and then you release the next series or are the series all mm-hmm. intermingled? That. Oh, it's like, getting, because- like we just got Sierra and then we're getting like Annie, like as a bonus, like fancy thing. And then search and rescue book one is coming out, but then we're going back to Hawaii. Yeah. And, and I, I do that. I do that because, you know, Leah might hate my search and rescue series. She might but be I like, this do small not. town, this small town, I don't like it. I don't know what this is. I, I don't like this. So That's I, fair. I want Hawaii seals. And so I don't want to lose Leah for the year or so it might take to put out all of the search and rescue series. So I, I go back and forth. Um, I did make the decision to not write as many not publish as many series at the same time but unfortunately i already had the refuge book one up for pre-order so i couldn't change that (laughs) well now i gotta wait so i have two new series starting this year so i have to wait Um, and the other thing is it's always good to start a new series before another series ends so because book ones are a hard sell and i want to tell all my readers you know you're gonna like this trust me but but pre-order numbers show me that people are a little reticent to start a new series so i always like to start a new series before i finish an old one so yeah book one is never the problem for me i always get caught in book two i either you can in my 
for me in a lot of the different series I've read, book two can make or break me. Book one yeah, typically it, is like, great, and it starts with a bang. And then book two, if it just slides a little bit too much off, then yeah. I'm like, <sighs> and Leah hears me <laughs> well, complain all the time. <laughs> re- reread book one. Yes. Yeah. Book one, and then I'll just wait for book three. <laughs> and then skip for book three. Yeah. <laughs> I'm known to do this. So Leah, you've read Lily. You've read Searching for Lily. I did. I was, I'm very, very fortunate to get extra, like extra early copies of your books because of my job. And I am so thankful for that, but I I really did like it. It's a, it actually, it's a little bit different, but not in a bad way, but I do like the Bigfoot t-shirts that are introduced in the book and I totally want to buy one. Yeah. yeah, but it's know, funny because my husband has a Bigfoot like obsession. Like he thinks he loves Bigfoot, so it made me kind of happy too. I mean, yeah, and you know, the Search and Rescue series is a little different because it's small town, and mm-hmm. so a lot of what happens happens in the small town. But when I have the active duty military, they can be going off to Afghanistan, and they're mm-hmm. going off on this mission, and they're going to Timor Leste. So I know some people, you know, will probably say, "Oh, this is boring. It's boring or in the small town," but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a little different, but there's still all external conflicts. I, mm-hmm. I, I could write a book that doesn't have one. Um, Alabama is actually the one and only book that I've written that doesn't have an external conflict. And people still tell me they hate Abe because of what he did. Oh, yes. So oh, I wanted, honestly, I wanted to dick punch him so hard when that <laughs> happened. See, so yeah, I stick to the, those but, external things where kidnappings or shootings or shankings or whatever it is. But so. he is not a Nico, Becky. Oh, he's not a Nico. He's not a Nico. He makes up for it. He redeems himself. See, he you does. can have and a then, jackass like, in their character. Novella, like he extra redeems himself. You so. just have to, he just has to do the grand gesture, redeem himself and be apologetic for being a jackass. I oh, just mean, I'm sorry. Not well, an arrogant... A lot of people tell me that Alabama didn't make him suffer enough. And I was like, she did not take him back. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't come to her and say sorry. And she was like, okay, I love you. She was like, mm, no, I'm living with your friends and I don't want to see you. I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with you. And so then he had to go to his friends and be like, please, please. Like he me. had to, there were channels that he had to go through before yes. like, anything happened. It was, yeah. it wasn't like a, a long thing, but it wasn't a snap decision. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, external conflicts still happen in the search and rescue series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most of the the stuff takes place in my fictional town of Fallport. So yeah. Now, Fallport itself is it like modeled after a real place? It is. It's modeled after Blacksburg, Virginia, which is okay. where um, Virginia Tech is located, mm-hmm. and um, it's. So you have like 460 in real life goes from Interstate 81 and cuts over to Blacksburg about 20 minutes down 460 to get to the town. And so that's what I envisioned for Fallport where you have to like drive off the main interstate to get to it. So it's not on the beaten path, but it's in the foothill of the Appalachian Mountains. Mm-hmm. Appalachian, not Appalachian. <laughs> say it right. Um, and, um, yeah. And so they, they're, you know, search and rescue guys. So they find people who get lost and yeah. And shenanigans occur and but, you've got the cast of the small quirky, small town. You've got all the people. And but so, I yeah. think I've, that it's smart for you to write a small town because it gives a different feel 
than, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. military base or uh, larger cities, you know, small town, you might pull in new readers because they're more into the small town. I'm a much more me personally. I'm a small town person. I will read small town romance and I probably pick that up before I would pick up like a military romance. So now my guys are former military, but they're former. So they use the skills, but they're not going off on missions and stuff. And I must say, so I've I've been running with the Bigfoot thing. Mm -hmm. So the main, the heroine, she comes to town because she is a um, camera operator for a paranormal investigation show. And in, and in this episode, why they go is because they're, they, they're doing the Bigfoot thing. So, but yeah, I, I, I've had a couple people say, is this paranormal? And I'm like, no, it's not. I promise. It's just a Bigfoot thing. I just ran with it. Like it, it yeah. So you take the inspiration where it comes my, from. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of that book is the fact that the three gossips in town are like men. Yeah. Art, they're men art who like silent. sit around and play like chess yeah. yeah. and they're throughout the series so yeah you'll you'll of, <laughs> of course continue to see see them so yeah funny okay so let's just talk about text for just a couple minutes because he is in every single one of your books aside from like your beyond reality but those are yeah. those are just separate from everything else right. but exactly. so he like where did text come from like is he one person like is he an amalgamation of like multiple people because he's what like a fan favorite that's because he's tex he's awesome so tex came about because i was writing protecting protecting fiona Mm -hmm. my my basically third real book that i published not including beyond reality series because those are a whole different story um but um and i needed a reason for the guys to be on that on no it was caroline i needed i mm-hmm. needed them it was in my very first book so i needed them to have a reason to be flying to virginia and i thought i'll just make up this guy he was a, he was in the seals and he got out so that was that was how he started he was just this throwaway character but it was by the time i got to book three fiona's book where i was mm-hmm. like oh, you know what it's not I, such this, a throwaway character he's gonna need a book and then he's he's such a handy guy because he's the computer guy Mm -hmm. so anytime in any of my books when i have somebody who you know they they need a traffic camera looked at or they they need anything like text is the guy to call yeah it's text so (laughs) text has been my savior for plot lines for for like five years now his own plot device Yes. <laughs> he's so good he spans multiple authors because riley edwards is a yep. also a big user of text yeah so i have this fan fiction world so mm-hmm. um, that other authors can go through my publishing company and then use my characters and yeah text 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 is in a lot of a lot of people's books because he's so mm-hmm. awesome and i have to admit i'm using so i'm writing what my 89th book currently or whatever it is um, i don't know i've read them all except beyond reality series you, you gotta read those you gotta give them a try there no i will i just i just haven't got there yet but i have read all of them and i just probably not as well written because they're my very very first ones. that's okay but they're super cute i still like the stories anyway so yeah so i'm writing like my kajillionth book right now and texas in it but texas is gonna meet a character that I have not written the line yet, but it's going to be something like this person is better than me. <gasps> I, I can't trace this. Yeah. So oh. 
Yeah. So, uh, so did Tech yes. get an ETA? Because I, I have he does. read. He has. I read a ETA. bunch of random books. He has to his try own to... book. Yeah. So his book is protecting melody. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I don't he, think I, I read that one, Leah. <laughs> I read <laughs> randoms. I read yeah. randoms just so I could get a feel there for you your writing style and who you were. And um, yes, so now he has I... his own HEA, and it is very good. And he ends up they have a baby, and then they adopt an amputee from Afghanistan, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And don't forget the three-legged dog baby. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things with you having so many characters and books and they're all interconnected and you have text and such how do you keep all of your characters straight do you keep series bibles or i don't (laughs) (laughs) and readers love to email you and point out all your mistakes too but um, (laughs) i have bibles they're they're not like probably bibles that most people have i have an excel spreadsheet and i don't know how to use excel so it's (laughs) like super generic basic but like i said in the beginning i have all their names i have their hair color i have how old they are i have how tall they are um and then i have like occupation car where they live do they have parents do they have siblings do they get along with their parents like some some of the big things like the mm-hmm. big plot things and so that's all in there um and then i found that as i'm writing the series under that i kind of have to make a thing that says um you know they're not married because I always forget if they're married or engaged and, or <laughs> when she got pregnant at the end of book three or so I have to remind myself as I, as I go through the series of what I've said, don't, doesn't want kids or, you know, whatever. Um, and then under that, I have all the, the side characters. So I have their names and, and um, their ages and, and who they are, bad guy and whatever. So um, I, I try to keep track of it. I remember once I was writing and I emailed my editor and I said, how, how pregnant is Cassie? <laughs> she comes back and she goes, according to my notes, about 10 months. And I was like, oh, crap. I guess um, she's having this baby in the beginning of the next book, isn't she? Like, oh, dang it. So she babies are hard. Whether they're babies married are. or engaged is hard for me to remember from book to book. And um, yeah. And- it's funny because I read an author who in the front of like almost every book, she basically says, I suck at baby math. Timelines are going to be wrong. Just deal with it, yeah. but enjoy my book. Yeah. You know, I almost put Annie out before the end of Delta team two, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't really want people to wait, but then I was, but I, and I kind of said something like timelines going to be funky because in one of the books, she's like 13, mm-hmm. so, but then I decided, you know, I, I just, I can't do it. So in, but Sarah, I feel like with Annie, you could just throw it out there and it really yeah, wouldn't matter. Cause she's just like kind of her own, Sarah, like which, was, which was two weeks ago. She mm-hmm. was like graduating high school. And then a month later she's 28. So yeah, <laughs> is that it works. Yeah. So, okay. so timelines are hard. So I, I, I try to keep track of it, but um, yeah, there's, there's times that I, I mess it up and I know I do. So it's okay. Right. I'm okay with that. As long as you're entertained while you're reading, that's all that's important. Don't email me and tell me I screwed it up because I'll probably delete your email. And it's so funny. I don't even pay attention to that kind of stuff. It's, I used to think that second gens would bug me because like you just released that book a year ago and they had the baby and now the baby is 27 and getting married. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. But now I don't care. I just want, I just want the stories. I just want them all. You just want the happily ever after, the emotional high. And when I read those books, I don't even remember them. I vaguely, because my memory is so awful. So yeah. 
I just like my thing is like I want all of like the names to be correct like everybody's paired with the correct person <laughs> yeah, that's like the and the parents go with the right kids yeah other than that like timelines like that can be when I when I wrote Annie so um I had at the bottom so I I just write in word I don't I'm not don't do anything fancy I just get in word and write and at the, at the bottom so I'm I always see it because you know it's right there at the bottom I had a list of all all the couples their children and how old they were in this book mm-hmm. So, you know, like Emily and Fletch had Annie, but then they had two or three other children as well. And then Chuck and Mary, I mean, all of them had kids. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I got to figure out how old these are. And then I brought in Jillian. Yeah. And that whole crew. That team. Yeah. So I was trying to, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So yeah. Oof. Never again. Never again. She says, never again, Leah. Never happen again. (laughs) No, but I don't think anybody like will really like hit like people's hearts as much as Annie did. Like she just there was just something about her character that she was special. That's why I had to write Mm -hmm. her too. So yeah. Um, so what was the draw to romantic suspense? I get, you know, you love romance, but what is it about this niche of romantic suspense and the military romantic suspense? that kind of drew you in and that's where you're you felt like these are the stories I need to tell so I've always loved a good man, a man in uniform mm-hmm. well obviously in uniform. <laughs> yes. so I mean there's just something something special I think about a man in uniform and and so when I wrote Beyond Reality my first three books um they they're about reality shows and the first one's about a contestant the second one is about a contestant and the third one's about a camera operator but um i I just i wrote them because they were fun like there wasn't any big dramas but while afterward i watched on facebook i watched other authors i enjoyed i I saw what they were doing and i and i thought my books are getting lost because i sold like three copies of those books so i was like my books are getting lost and so that's when i was like well navy seals are good they're man in uniform and and it's a trope and so i'll write that and that really worked for me so i kind of fell into that but i also definitely paid attention before i i started um but I, I just, I like the external drama. We talked about that a little bit, but I, I much prefer the, the kidnappings or the shootings or, or the disappearance or something external going on as the drama rather than a fight or a communication breakdown or something. Mm-hmm. Cause I just want to scream and go, if you talk to her in chapter two, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> The whole book would have been fun. I, I do that. I right? Miscommunication trope sometimes really just bugs me. It has yeah. to be done in a way that doesn't annoy me or yeah. mm-hmm. I'm chucking my Kindle adult. across the room. And I've always liked the damsel in distress. And I, I think it's because I, I'm so independent that I, I can do a lot of things for myself. And so having someone come in and help me is is nice <laughs> makes me mm-hmm. feel good and so that's kind of what i see in these these books i write that these women they can go out and mow their own grass and they can do all these things that are supposedly quote the man's job and yet 
they still need help and want help and are appreciative of that help. And it means more to them because they get that help. I, I, I think that's part of it. So, well, And I would say the couple books that I did read, your women have a real feminist quality to them. They aren't yeah. damsels in distress. They are taking care of themselves and, you know, working through their own issues and stuff. It is these outside forces that they don't have any control of right. that kind of dictate the situation and the guy has to come in and do some things, which... Yeah. It's kind of and reality. he doesn't always save them. Like in Justice for Corey, she's blind. She saved her damn self. Mm-hmm. She got away from her kidnappers. He she's just blind. has to find her in the tree. Yeah, she climbed a tree to hide. Oh, sorry, spoiler. And that's <laughs> an old one. But, but then the guys had to come in and kill the, the bad guys, you know. So they still helped, but they didn't actually rescue her, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I think it's also because I watched a lot of Wonder Woman when I was growing up and you know, <laughs> Carter from the 70s. She saved everybody in every single episode. Like that was yeah. what she did. Spun around in circles and she used her lasso and she saved people. So I would pretend I would go out in the yard and twirl in circles and pretend I was Wonder Woman and I pretend I was the one she was rescuing. And so I think that's where it started. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I mean, I totally had the thunderoos and there's tons of pictures of me in and, the backyard. And so and like I, I watch them now and I'm like, I just cringe. But back back then I just I loved them growing up. She was she was my hero. So yeah. Nope. I I get it. Um, <laughs> Leah, do you have another question? So do you think you'll ever go back to just a regular like contemporary romance such as beyond reality? No. Or do you think you're, you're just going to stick with no. what works? I, I mean, I like what I write. I, mm-hmm. And it's hard because I've been pigeonholed into romantic suspense. Oh, it's romantic suspense. But if, if you've read Kristen Ashley, my books are a lot like hers. You know, there's stuff going on and then- mm-hmm drama her older books at least but and then boom drama hits it at 85 percent of the book and then you know they save each other and and um so i mean they're, they're contemporary romantic suspense mm-hmm. but but i've you know i've been pigeonholed and labeled as romantic suspense so that's what it is i mean i guess if you say romantic suspense is the external drama then that's true i mean i'm not ever gonna go and write a- i mean i am not disappointed in this like i will <laughs> But I don't think that there's anything wrong with romantic suspense. I mean, Mm -hmm. we read the whole genre. You have everybody from, you know, Julie Garwood, who writes her contemporary romantic suspense to the super steamies of Maya Banks. And you fit in there, too, with the I mean, I, I don't feel like you're pigeonholed at all. I think well, they- but, but some people won't read romantic suspense. Oh. I'm mean, especially bloggers. There's bloggers who are like, oh, I don't read that. And I laugh because I look at the books they are reading and I'm like, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do. You just don't realize it. Well, and Leah used to yell at me. She'd be like, you hate romantic suspense. I, I don't hate romantic suspense. You, you were just very, very picky. Very, very picky. So she said, okay, well, tell me who's your favorite romantic suspense. So I made her read Maya Banks' KGI series. Yep. And I was like, I well, love read that this. One where she can read the minds and the guy and he's yes. in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and she's helping him. Oh, and then he has to help her and she goes back to the site. That one's my favorite of that. Anyway, that is I so good. I love that series. We won't talk about little, that series though. But I'm a little bitter at Becky because the series is not over yet so maya banks has been very ill and the next book in that series has been on pre-order for like four years now it totally has because i keep a list of pre-order books so i can share them every week yeah it keeps getting moved yeah and (laughs) i thought it's not the book that we want and i thought for sure it was the book we wanted and she's like becky it's not and i'm like 
Oh, it's not. It is not rusty. It's not rusty. Anyway, but yeah. So I just think people have a whole other topic. We won't talk about that anymore because it upsets me. No, it's okay. Um, but you know, then I like Rena Morgan. I it's not traditional romantic suspense her men of haven, but there is usually like an outside conflict that changes and people don't realize that that actually is kind of romantic suspense. Same with her mafia. People you guys, mafia is romantic suspense. Because there's something going on and they gotta run Mm -hmm. from the bad guys and they're being shot at and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think you're pigeonholed. And what I read, I liked. So, I mean, I think it's... Not like you'd tell me if you hated it, but that's okay. Um, no, Ashley, I would tell you. <laughs> he doesn't really have a filter, so... Okay, good, good. I mean, I don't, I she might not say I hated it, but she would not be as pleasant about it. <laughs> I would be like, well, you got some problems, sister. But <laughs> the ones that I read, I, I really enjoyed. And I was like, okay, Leah, I get. I see. I see what you like here, Leah. So, because, you know, Leah has a list. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I've got the, the two series that are starting. They're not active duty. So I kind of go back and forth between former military and active duty. Well, and I'm very intrigued by the refuge because we did meet them. But yeah. it's so it's these like are not active whole, duty. It's, no, so they're, they're retired. The refuge is it's out in New Mexico and these seven um military guys um are all suffering ptsd so they Mm -hmm. open up the refuge for other ptsd sufferers to go and relax and chill and be good and it's not just military ptsd so it could be workplace violence it could be rape it could be stalkers it could be whatever it is so it opens it up for me as an author yeah (laughs) to bring some different creative feels to it too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but again you know that's it's a lot of it is going to take place in in that area so those books are kind of those series are kind of similar um but then i'll get back to the active duty with the night stalkers after that so um i'll never completely give up my seals and deltas because they're they're so fun to write about and they're Mm -hmm. seals i mean come on so right right because you know they roll around in the sand (laughs) exactly sugar cookies Um, so inspiration for your stories, because you do have a wide range and variety of outside forces coming into your stories. So where do you fall? Where do you gather this inspiration from for because the ones that I read and and a question too, like, where do you get the idea for some of your bad guys? Because like Ali's bad guy, like, he was really bad crime TV, man. I you can't make this stuff up. Like if you watch these shows and there's a lot of them, I watch all of them, except I don't like the neighbors one. I don't like fear thy neighbor, but I don't know why. But um, anyway, the stuff real people do is way worse than people in my books do, except for maybe defending Allie. Cause that guy was a freak, but it was. In CI, um, CSI and all, all of those shows, those have, mm-hmm. have super bad, bad guys too. The whole hunting of the heroine, like bringing her out to the woods and mm-hmm. then saying run i'm gonna hunt you that was from um ncis or csi or, or I was gonna say, wasn't that a criminal minds episode criminal minds was, yes i think it was see so okay. so that's where i got that so yeah um, it's- i have a love affair with dr spencer reed from criminal minds yeah, so the, the nerdy guy. yeah the nerdy guy maybe maybe there's a book there just there saying go. there's always maybe. a book somewhere 
plan. There's always a book um, there. And then shielding Kinley, um, I, yeah, and I knew I was going to get it. Some people message and say, well, that, that was super unrealistic, that whole drama. And I, I just laugh because that actually happened. It actually happened to a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he went to meet a girl he used to date and she brought her new boyfriend and they beat the crap out of him and duct taped him, like mummified him and then made him, then they went to ATMs and stole all of his money. And then they beat him some more with the tire and iron and then threw him over a bridge. And it took him all night, but he got out of the duct tape and crawled up the hill. Um, but he passed out, you know, in between it because he had like broken ribs and a lung and all this other stuff. Anyway, so that that was the drama that I wrote that happened to my mm-hmm. heroine. And people were like, oh, that's unrealistic. I'm like, mm. first well, of all, fiction. Second of all, romance book. She's not going to die. Third of all, it actually happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Leah, do you have another question? No, I don't. I've okay. gotten so many good things tonight. She's like loving this. Okay. I will probably think of like 15 other things after like okay. we sign Susan- off. Now, what is next? Because Leah says you have books pre-ordered for like the next 12 years. Um, (laughs) So what is... I know. I know what is coming up, but not everybody else does. So everybody here, so everybody listening would like to know what is next for you? What comes next? You're going to quiz me, I see. Um, (laughs) So pull up my schedule so I don't lie to you. Um, So Rescuing Annie is February 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Searching for Lily is March 29th. And that is the first book in my Search and Rescue series. We talked a little bit about that one. And then yes. um, May 10th is Finding Monica, which is in my, is book four in my Hawaii SEAL series. And um, all my books are standalones. I mean, you'll see the characters from the past book, but you you probably know this where you, you can start anywhere and but you should not. A- you should start at book one and work your <laughs> way through. Leah is obsessed because with book one. There's but, a way. There's a way to read a series, people. There is. But if if a book like strikes you and you haven't read me before, feel free to start you, it. You anywhere. do not need to read her in order. Like each book stands very well on its own. Yep. I will um, and then book two in the search or rescue series comes out June 28th. So, um, and then the next book comes out in November. So you actually get three of those in one year. Um, and then the refuge starts in August and the next Hawaii seal starts in October. So we still have one, two, three, four, five, seven books this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sad about that. (laughs) And then next year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I've got nine on my list. So, but you don't have any novellas planned as of right now. I don't get some of those. I don't have any novellas and those, those can always pop in. So, um, a, a lot of the, most of the novellas I've written have kind of been projects that people have been like hey do you want to do this i'm like okay mm-hmm. sure or okay who can i write about and so i'll be like i'm writing about the commander i'll use him so yeah mm-hmm. oh that's so fun um okay so everybody listening the next book from susan stoker comes out february the 8th and what is the title again rescuing, rescuing annie rescuing annie <laughs> and leah knows because it is pre-ordered and this is what it happens is. Leah really stays is. up until 1202 no wait the last time i it did not load on my kindle at like until like one o'clock well should we tell people that you've actually read rescuing annie or should we have read it because i am very rachel is coming for you very fortunate and it is very good it is such a good book 
you will be so happy like the treatment that she gives Annie and Frankie it is adorable and they are wonderful and oh my god Frankie is like the swooniest like most adorable hero ever you guys if you guys could see Leah's face right now like she's like <laughs> puppy dog eyed and honestly and- this has made like my year and it's only January 23rd <laughs> gosh you're so funny okay susan thank you so much for joining us for this episode we appreciate you giving us your time and chatting with us um it was delightful oh thanks yes, for thank having you. me it's always fun to chat with people i, I love it even though it's past my bedtime. It's past your bedtime. We're sorry. <laughs> but we, we, won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I said, you can find Finding Annie coming out February 8th. Rescuing. Rescuing, rescuing Annie. Annie. I'm sorry. There rescuing are Annie. books, but not, not Rescuing that Annie on February 8th by Susan Stoker. Again, Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay. That was such a great interview. She has such great energy. I just loved her so much. Leah, you're fangirling, though. You did keep it under control. So I am proud of you. I did. I had, like, honestly, and I think I, I think I controlled myself. I could have asked so much more, but I got all the answers to, like, my intense questions, like tax. Like, that was an important question for me. It was. Well, and she spilled some tea for you, too, so. She spilled so much tea for me tonight. I mean, and everybody else, but I feel like it was just for me. It was just for you, Leah. (laughs) Okay, so, Leah, it's that time again? It's that time for For the book 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 of the the week. week. Okay, book of the week time. Or how many weeks into the new year? Five? Five weeks? Five episodes? Five episodes. We're not getting it, Becky. Just accept it. It's fine. Whatever. That our production manager is telling us no. Might be time to find a new production manager. No, we can't do that because then we would be screwed. We would be screwed. We'll keep them. But, you know, there is a petition on our website to push for the uh, um, Echo. Please sign. Not really. No, there's not. No, there's not. That would be something, though. Wouldn't it? Do you think he would do it if we did that? If we could get 300 people to sign our petition for the Echo, will he give it to us? I don't know. These are the questions. These are the hard questions we have to ask. These are important things to know. <clears throat> okay, Leah, we'll what's your book ask. of the week? <laughs> okay, so my book of the week is Emperor by Anna Hackett. This is book two in her Galactic King series. She has this knack for storytelling and world building. Like her Galactic King series is an alien series. Um, It takes place on a completely different planet. So she has to build this planet and this world and these galaxies because they're not even in like like our same galaxy. They have wormholed to a different galaxy and they're like light years away from Earth. But the, the way that she creates these worlds is just, it's wonderful and amazing. And it's an alien sci-fi romance, but there's a human element to all of her aliens that you don't expect. But the one thing I enjoy about her books is the fact that her heroines, they might have like little hangups about one thing or another, but they are super strong and super independent. And it's really funny because all of her aliens are like these earth women, like are so stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> That's but they're so not. Funny. They just know what they want. Nothing wrong but with yes, that. Yes, Emperor. 
it's very good. Um, so mine is Tempted by the Billionaire by Shayla Black. This is book nine in her Forbidden Confessions novella series. And there is like age gap. This um and Shayla Black, if you haven't read Shayla Black, she writes super sexy, very feisty women, but strong, dominant men. And this was no different. Um, 99 pages of pure sexiness like and their co-workers he's a billionaire so good it's so very these are, good these are all things that i like to hear um i'll tell you about that later but anyway it's very good highly recommend it she has a bunch out there i think book one in the forbidden confessions might be currently free um the rest of them are like 2.99 or 3.99 so that's okay what do we got coming up in discord so Discord book discussion, our next group read is Mixtape by Brittany Cherry, and we will be discussing this book on our Discord server on the evening of February 9th. If you are not a part of our Discord server, you can find information on the website. Or yeah, if you have Gretchen, questions, you can just slide into our DMs. Yeah, Gretchen um, picked the title, and she is mm -hmm. going to co-host the discussion with us so mm -hmm. i'm excited i've read a couple books by Brittany cherry and i do like her books they're very emotional though so <clears throat> i do i do like that sometimes so um the next quick shot of romance buddy read is coming up um mm -hmm. for february we are reading um welcome to the dark side by gianna darling it is an age gap motorcycle club romance um if you have already read this book you feel free to send us your thoughts, voice memos, emails, quotes, whatever you like um, about the book. You can email it to us. Um, you can find details on our website on how to submit, comment, voice memos, and any thoughts you have on this book. This book has been on my TBR since last spring. For a while. It's been a while. Yeah. <clears throat> so Mine as well. So we're just getting to it. And, you know, I do, I do love an age gap. And I believe they refer to the main character as Daddy Zeus. So I like a daddy. I do like a daddy. Anyway. Okay, so February, Drunk Book Club. We have voted, and the pick is Becky's all-time book boyfriend. Number one. To Number Love one. Jason Thorne by Ella Mays. Our theme for February was Marriage and Convenience, and this is a Hollywood Norm Brothers Best Friend Romance. And it is going to be held on February 19th. It is, it is a Patreon exclusive, but if you would like details, maybe to test us out for a month, just email us, slide into our DMs, because apparently that's like what I like to say tonight. And cool. if you have questions or concerns, just, just ask and you can yeah. maybe test it out for a month. And mm -hmm. also Sebastian York reads this audiobook. And if I could marry a voice, I would marry his. I love him. He's hot. Just his voice, though. I have no Just idea what his he looks voice. like. <laughs> so I'm super excited. Back last fall, we asked our Patreon members what kind of things and events would they like to see us start adding to um, our offerings. And one of the things that came up was it was suggested that we do an online virtual bartending class. Mm -hmm. So in February, we have our Galentine's Day celebration happening. And we thought it would be super fun to also offer 
a virtual bartending class. So Bartending 101 will be happening on February the 12th. Um, experienced bartender Nikki will be showing us how to make some classic drinks and some bar techniques, plus what kind of tools you might have in your own kitchen to help you make these drinks. Um, I'm very excited I about this. I just need a mug. I know you just need a mug. No fancy glasses for Leah. Um, we will be raffling off five blind dates with a book featuring some of Leah and I's favorite book boyfriends. Mm -hmm. We will, of course, have some love themed games and prizes, um, including some fun swag. <clears throat> so. And they're good book boyfriends, too. So good book boyfriends. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are breaking up our reading challenges for 2022. Instead of a year-long challenge like we have done previously, we are going to host three big challenges this year. First up is the new to you author challenge, and it's going to run from January until March. Mm -hmm. End of March. End of March. End of March. <clears throat> um, if you want details on that, and you can go to the website and there are some really amazing giveaways that we have up for grabs for that. Um, we are going to bring back summer reading. Of course, it is not going to be as crazy as it was yeah. last summer. That was a good time. It was a good and time. Everybody loved it. So I just think we're going to do something crazy, a little different. I think we're going to do something a little, a little less intense. I can't play bingo for 79 cards. <laughs> or 79 was, different people's 10 bingo cards it was a lot it, it was, was a lot, lot but it was a lot of fun we had like a ton of people found new authors new tropes like it was that is always the goal when we have a challenge it's not that we're you know like first of all i love to give prizes i give mm -hmm. all the prizes um but one of my goals when we host the challenges is one find new authors try that book you wouldn't necessarily have tried had we not prompted you to do it we've done it for each other we've pushed ourselves out of what our typical reads were and mm -hmm. have found new favorites and new yeah. tropes that we like and mm -hmm. i mean kidnapping is now your love language too i i do i do like a good kidnapping <laughs> kidnapping there's something special anyway our first drawing for the monthly winner of the new to you author challenge is february 1st you have to have read at least two new to you authors in january and submit them to us through our website to be considered for that drawing um you will find a list of all of our events on our website at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events and we have links to take you to all the places that we're hosting those Mm -hmm. So, and you can find the author challenge link there also. Anyway, uh, do you have, oh, do you have a topic you think you should talk, we should talk about? We're always looking for new episode ideas and we would love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com. And actually we're serious about this because Leah and I, um, are in a little bit of a rut with what we think you guys want to hear about and what you want to talk about. So oh, part of it is we're not, we're not <laughs> excuse me. We are not hundred percent sure what you guys want to hear us talk about. Like there are things that we would love to talk about, but we don't know if it's something that you want us to talk about, or if there's an author that you want to hear from, we will yeah. try and reach out. 
We don't always get answers and that's okay. It happens. Authors have lives and we get that. But if there's an author that you really want us to interview or hear from, let us know and we will see what we can do. Yeah. I feel like this week I was the postmaster of the dead letter off email office. Mm -hmm. It happens. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, but we had Susan Stoker on tonight. So it was okay. so Leah's like, doesn't matter anymore. Um, Leah, this is another favorite for you. It is. What are we talking about like, next time? Like January is my month. Well, okay, but so this next... is going to be February. February 6th oh, that's true. episode. That's true. Okay. Well, the end of January. I'm, we're recording in January, aren't we? No. Anyway. No. no. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's almost so next up. It is so close. Next up, we are interviewing author Melissa Foster, and we are talking about her extensive, extensive backlist and series and how she keeps on top of baby math because she is one of those authors who does baby math. Well, she's exceptional at her baby math. I've only read a splattering of her books. I have not deep dived into her backlist because there's a, it's huge. It's huge. It's and huge. her books are thick. She like gives I've thick read book. a lot of her and I still have a lot to go. So, um, but I did see, and I can't wait to ask her about this. She has a new series coming out later this year. That's cowboys and a ranch. I know it's, it's like whiskey, like Colorado whiskeys. Mm -hmm. What I'm, I'm really excited. hoping for is that I really get my, Whip Wheeler, book Rip. boyfriend, Rip Wheeler from Yellowstone. I need him oh. in a book boyfriend version. I did see that question on the doc for her interview. <laughs> you but know, no, I, I am love very an anti-hero. I love an anti-hero. I do too. But I am very excited about that. Because she, I am curious how she keeps everybody straight. Because she has a lot of characters, well, a lot and she she writes a ton of books too. I mean, she, she puts does. out a lot of books. So not only is she prolific, but she has characters that are big and extensive families with friends and neighbors. And she writes mm -hmm. a motorcycle club, and she writes huge, big families with friends and so, small towns that are all interconnected. That is something too. If there is a burning question you want us to ask Melissa Foster, yeah. send it to us because we will ask that question because sometimes Becky and I think of questions three days after we finished the interview. I know. Honestly, you guys, if you have any questions, so next time we're talking to Melissa Foster, you have questions for Melissa Foster, send us Let the us questions. Know. We mm -hmm. would love to ask them. Um, okay. Anyway, this was a great interview. What a great it was. Episode. It was a, such a good night, and we didn't have an awkward intro, Leah. Like that's we three didn't. in a row. Three I in a row. So I think we've hit our stride. Watch us say this, and it like is shit next week. I'm sure it'll be shit. It'll flounder. Anyway, I just jinxed us. But until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.